0: Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans, let's get started. Welcome back to The Policy Shop. So is it a recession or not? People disagree about how to define that word, but the truth remains, the economy is cooling. Joining me today to talk about inflation, jobs, and how Illinois can weather choppy economic waters is Bryce Hill, Director of Fiscal and Economic Research here at the Illinois Policy Institute. Welcome back, Bryce.
1: Yeah, great to be here.
0: So, I know that the past few days have been some of your favorite in terms of defining words. <laughs> I it's it's been so interesting to see how people talk about uh the definition of what a recession is and uh what we should think. I know it, it sort of irks you a little bit. I want to give you a chance to set the record straight. What's the deal with this debate and what really matters?
1: Well, I think the deal with this debate is that, uh, you know, election season is approaching and people have a lot to gain or to lose by assigning or receiving the blame of whether or not the economy's in a recession or just uh, you know, if we're just heading towards a general economic slowdown, uh, so news outlets, politicians, pundits, uh, one, they can get the clicks from from having a strong opinion on it. And then, two, especially for politicians as election season approaches, um, you know, that's going to be a key uh, messaging point on a lot of campaigns. I'm sure, you know, many Republicans trying to lay the blame at the Biden administration's feet. Uh, The Biden administration obviously has shown that they want to do everything possible to uh, skirt that blame. Um, But at the end of the day, it it doesn't really matter. Um, One of the things that has been said over the past week is, you know, the the National Bureau of Economic Research uh, is who we typically uh, go to to define whether or not we are or are not in a recession. Uh, But that takes a lot of time and it ultimately doesn't matter. So they didn't declare that the Great Recession was officially a recession until December of 2008, a year after the crisis started. But that didn't change, you know, the pain that Americans were feeling in the entire year before that. So it's not some magic word. Um, it's, it's just, you know, fodder for the news cycle right now, which is incredibly frustrating, because there are some really serious things happening in the economy that people should be aware of, and they probably already are because they're living them day to day and feeling them. Um, and unfortunately we're tied up in this debate about what to call it rather than focusing on what's actually happening and how we can.
0: Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that. What actually matters here in terms of understanding how our economy is doing?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, we've seen GDP decline for two straight quarters, which has typically been shorthand for a recession. Um, every time that's happened for the past 75 years, the U.S. economy has slipped into a recession. Uh, the thing that's really giving people pause and why there's so much debate around it and how we're justifying saying you know, maybe we are or aren't is that uh, employment has still continued to exceed expectations. Uh, unemployment rates haven't budged. Um, consumer spending – um, personal consumption expenditures uh, are continuing to grow, albeit at a slower rate. So uh, there are a couple of spots of, you know, additional items that we would typically look at other than GDP to see, you know, whether or not a recession is here or not. Um, But even those signs are are weakening. Employment, uh, when you look at job openings, when you look at, you know, forward-looking metrics of where the jobs market could be happening, uh, job openings are declining. Uh, Major companies have announced layoffs and hiring freezes. Uh, So we're going to start to see that employment growth at least come down, maybe even start to see uh, employment fall. And then at the same time, uh, personal consumption expenditures have been slowing as well for a few quarters um retail sales in the most recent months have actually started to decline uh so on the forward looking metrics even the bright spots are are looking a bit dim um and unfortunately being in Illinois uh job openings are falling the fastest here than anywhere else in the nation so uh despite Illinois missing you know 120,000 jobs still from early 2020 job losses um the prospects of whether or not we regain those jobs and how severe an economic downturn could be uh, for Illinois uh, is looking pretty bleak right now because of uh, where our labor market is. Uh, we have the fourth highest unemployment rate of any state in the nation, and then at the same time, job openings are evaporating at the quickest rate here, uh, which uh, you know doesn't uh, provide any confidence that we would be able to continue to uh, boost our employment recovery especially as we potentially head for a recession.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that really helps me uh, when you talk about economic research and, and all of this work that you're doing to to explain what the what the outlook is for us is you you put Illinois numbers into context. Um so you you just published this piece yesterday um talking about how Illinois major metro areas are doing in terms of gaining jobs and Unfortunately, only one of our major metros has recovered fully from COVID um, and the downturn that that followed the pandemic starting off. So if if we're seeing that Illinois, you know, two years into uh, COVID is is still not fully recovered, can you sort of lay out how we're doing compared to other states because I, really that always helps me who if if this is what it looks like for us what does it look like for everybody else
1: absolutely so um indiana of all the neighboring states illinois is still missing the greatest share of covid job loss, losses except uh, for wisconsin wisconsin's missing about 17 percent. Illinois is missing about 14 percent. All other neighbor states uh, have recovered more of the job losses they felt at the onset of the COVID 19 pandemic and state mandated lockdowns. Indiana has fully recovered, um, and that's you know becoming more and more common. We have about 16 states that have fully recovered. Uh, Utah and Idaho have employment levels that are six percent above pre pandemic levels, uh, which is uh, you know incredible. Uh, but then even when you look at other states, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, a lot of these states um, have fully recovered. Uh, so their job markets and their labor markets are not only are payrolls higher than they were before the pandemic, unemployment rates are are lower. Uh, in some states, the unemployment rate's around 2%, which is you know basically unheard of until a few years ago. Um, so meanwhile, the unemployment rate is 4.5% in Illinois, which And historical standards wouldn't necessarily uh, be that high. But when you compare it to other states and you compare where the economy was two years ago, uh, things are looking a little bit worse. Uh, So really compared to other states um, is when you start to see that, you know, Illinois's economy really is struggling. We haven't recovered from uh, the economic downturn of 2020. Uh, We're in a particularly rough spot if we start to see one in 2022.
0: So let's look into the future a little bit because to your point earlier if it takes months to figure out uh what the full picture looks like in terms of are we in a recession or or was this not a recession after all um if you had a crystal ball and you could look into it and and predict uh what we're going to experience in the coming months what would what do you think we would see
1: I think regardless of what it ends up being economic pain is unfortunately on the horizon. And we're already seeing it. So inflation's the highest it's been in 40 years. Um, wages aren't keeping up. In Illinois, uh, the average worker would have needed basically a $6,000 raise to keep pace with inflation. Um, workers did get raises over the past 12 months. So it was about $3,000. Uh, so inflation has really dealt Illinoisans a $2,900 pay cut. Uh, When you look at, you know, how that actually manifests itself in reality, it's higher bills of the gas pump, higher bills of the grocery store. The typical Illinois is paying about five hundred dollars more annually uh, for groceries at at current inflation rates. Um, That number is going to be far higher if you know you have a family or have a couple of kids to support. Um, So people's disposable income are really being strained. Um, Dollars aren't going as far as they used to. The everyday essentials cost more. And then on top of that, um, we have the Federal Reserve raising interest rates to fight that inflation. Typically, the trade-off between interest rates and uh, in, with inflation is uh, higher instances of unemployment. So, you know, as uh, we go into the future, and typically, you know, Federal Reserve policy takes a little while to take effect and start impacting the economy. Uh, we can expect to see greater instances of unemployment, some job losses. Um, if job openings slowing in Illinois at the fastest rates are any indication of of how severe that's going to be state to state, um, we could see some of the most severe job losses coming in Illinois. So, you know, on top of rampant inflation that has already left people in a worse financial position, um, you know, some Illinoisans are certainly looking like they're going to be losing their jobs, which is going to be just catastrophic with, you know, kind of this perfect storm that we've we've had going over the past year or so with inflation Already putting people in a worse financial position. So, um, regardless of whether we want to call it a recession, a slowdown, um, you know, return to normal, uh, we're going to start seeing um, some unfortunate outcomes and the recovery from the 2020 downturn is going to be put in jeopardy. And we could start to even see, you know, a new downturn.
0: So, you pointed out inflation and how much that's costing the average Illinoisan. Um, Governor Pritzker said he was going to help us by suspending tax hikes or uh, providing temporary relief in the form of, for example, uh, grocery tax relief or gas tax relief. Um, But all of that goes away after the election. So when that dries up, and even before then, we should really be talking about this, but I'd love to hear from you. What is the big picture uh, in terms of what politicians should be doing to help relieve the pain?
1: So what Governor Pritzker is doing at the state level is kind of textbook um, what you should not be doing. So uh, you know, they're popular things, suspending the grocery tax, delaying the gas tax. Um, he's doing them because they're popular um and they expire convinced con- con- kind of conveniently excuse me conveniently they expire after the election just in time to provide new revenue for the next state budget um a few unfortunate things though are byproducts of you know what is a popular and you know could be a good proposal is that you know one these we already are running a budget deficit so uh budget deficits spending and financing it with debt are inflationary measures um you know this contributes to that because it's something that wasn't planned for so even though we're trying to provide Illinoisans with some relief, um, it could end up backfiring because at the same time, you know, the government spending is still going to be there. Illinoisans have more money in their pocket that they're going to need to spend because everyday essentials are are becoming more expensive. Uh, but both of those things are going to, you know, fuel pushing prices higher. Um, so what we should really be focused on is is balancing the budget. Most important thing that the state government can do Um if we can balance the budget and get to you know a sustainable future for reducing you know unnecessary spending, reining in the cost drivers uh, to state government, and actually you know using that to fund lower taxes to get put more money in Illinois' pockets while also bringing down state spending and and making sure that it's financed through uh, revenue sources that actually exist and are there today, that would be, go a long way in helping fight future instances of inflation. Um, and then really the most important part for you know maybe weathering the downturn and and fostering an environment where a recovery is actually going to be robust and can happen in Illinois is going to be for in the hands of voters so so voters have amendment 1 on their ballot uh, in the November election it's going to be the first thing that they see Uh, And Amendment 1 would essentially lock in the status quo of, you know, tax hikes, more expensive government, more overlapping layers of government, um, increase and constitutionally protect public sector union power that has been driving some of those cost drivers up. Um, And so, uh, you know, doing that. Approving that amendment would would probably lead to much higher government costs. And that translates to higher tax dollars, more government, higher tax bills, more government spending, Um, everything that we did at the onset of the recovery from the Great Recession, where we saw the the largest income tax hike in state history uh, would likely be repeated. Um, And a byproduct of that policy on the recovery from the Great Recession was that Illinois was affected more uh, by the great recession. So the downturn was more severe here. Uh, the recovery was less robust and it took longer to actually fully recover from that downturn. It took approximately eight years for employment to ever reach the levels that it was at, uh, prior to that. Um, so, you know, we're in danger of repeating all the same mistakes, uh, and not learning any of the lessons that the great recession should have taught us. Well,
0: thank you for, for, providing sort of the roadmap for what we need to be thinking about and what we can potentially expect to see happen here in the coming months. I'm so excited by a lot of the research that you're doing because it's so helpful in terms of understanding the biggest news stories that we're seeing today. So I know in the future, we'll be talking about um, the housing market. So for months and months, uh, as the economy started to tick up, we saw houses flying off the market. People were paying way over list price. And there wasn't enough inventory to keep up with demand. And that's changing now. Um, And you've been covering that and you've been really ahead of the curve. So I'm really excited to tackle that next with you. So thanks again, Bryce. We look forward to having you back.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to it.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute, And to sign up for our newsletter, visit illinoispolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.